This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. I want to dive right into our brand new series. I am excited out of my mind for a new series called Dream Big. And I believe that God wants to put a seed of a dream in your heart. And it's not a human size, it's a God-sized seed and it's a God-sized dream. And, uh, and so we're in Genesis chapter 12. The next couple of weeks, we're gonna be studying Abraham. Abraham, we had a wonderful first service and uh, we're, we're thankful for a, a series that we can really just see that a big God calls us to dream big dreams. If your God is big, then he's going to call you to dream some big dreams. And uh, I'm just uh, of the persuasion that uh, if my dreams don't intimidate me, they probably insult my big God. And so I want to dream big dreams for God and attempt great things for God and, uh, and trust him for it. Uh, we, before I dive into uh, this passage of scripture in Genesis and introduce you to Abram, uh, formerly known as Abram, now known as Abraham and Sarah, Uh, Before we get into his life, I just want to tell you a little bit about what Jesus said about dreaming big. You know, Jesus was confronted by some people who thought that they could work their way to heaven. Some people who thought that if they could give to the church, if they attended church, if they were baptized, or if they took the Lord's table or sacraments, if they did these good things, that they could get to heaven. And Jesus actually used a little humor. It was a little bit funny. Uh, I think the disciples would have chuckled, but the, the people he was kind of using the humor against, I don't know if they were laughing, but he said, you know, it'd be like trying to fit a camel through the eye of a needle for you to try to work your way to heaven. Oh, wow. So in your notes, I put Mark uh, chapter 10 and verse 26, because then they asked, well, then who could be saved? Because they thought, certainly you got to work your way to heaven. I mean, certainly it's somewhat up to you. And Jesus said this in verse 27 of Mark 10. He said, no, it's not not about your works, not about your religion. He said, with men, it is impossible. Let me pause there and say this. That a lot of religions and a lot of churches and a lot of pastors are doing many people a disservice because they're acting like you can add to what Jesus has already done. Can I just have a big sigh of relief in saying that Jesus said it is finished. I don't have to work my way to heaven, and I'm thankful I don't. I'm thankful that it's impossible for me to work my way to heaven. But I'm thankful that Jesus didn't stop with men, it's impossible. How many of you know Jesus never stopped with the impossible? No, he said, but with God, all things are possible. Let's say that together. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Now, I meet people all the time who say, well, it's impossible for me to have a relationship with God. God doesn't want a relationship with me because he knows everything bad I've ever done. And to you, I'd say, hey, God knows you the most and loves you the most. Isn't that a wonderful thing? So with all, all, with, with all due respect, you know, 
we really need to stop telling God what he can and cannot do. And so in this Dream Big series, I want to give you a a picture of what it means to dream God dreams. And today we're going to get God's perspective on dreaming big because we want to dream big dreams. We want God's perspective on it. We don't want human size. I don't want me-sized dreams. I want God-sized dreams. And what does that mean? Well, in Proverbs 19, uh, the second wisest man behind Jesus uh, talked about this when he said, Hear, counsel. That's the Hebrew word etzet, means to have a guidance or perspective on, on this. He says, receive instruction that may us be wise in the latter end. The latter end is, is, is a word that the Hebrew word that they would use for dream. It, it's to see the end of something, to kind of paint the end of a goal or a vision to say, this is how I want everything to end. You know, Danielle and I, we're, we, our marriage isn't perfect. I think she's in here somewhere. Or maybe she's with the kids. But I will tell you that I want to be much better at parenting uh, in five years or seven years than I am right now. I have a vision for how I want to be as a parent. Man, I'm not there, but I'm not where I used to be, and I'm heading somewhere. I, want, I have goals and dreams. But, but you know, when, I, when we turn 70, I want to be like, I want our marriage to just be even getting better. Like, I want to be better at 80 than I am right now. You know, I, I will tell you, if you have a vision and, and, and you have some instructions from the Word of God, you can really be wise in the latter end. You, you can have wisdom with your dreams and your goals. But he continues, and he says, there are many devices, there are many plans, and there are many goals in, the, in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel or the guidance, the perspective of the Lord, it shall stand. So God's perspective is always going to be better than my perspective, so I have to seek it. That's why Proverbs 29 uh, tells us 2918, where there's there where there is no vision, there's no dreams, there's no perspective, there's no God's perspective, the people perish. But he that kept, keepeth the law, so if, if you're guided by the Torah, by what God tells us in the first five books, he's saying, man, you'll be happy. You'll be super happy that your goals and dreams and plans were guided by the Torah. What is the Torah? Well, it's the first five books. Let's go to the first book right now. Genesis chapter 12. We're going to go there. We're going to talk about the first person that God connected with after he disconnected with man because of Adam and Eve's sin. Now, of course, he connected with Enoch and Noah, but now he's re-entering this connection and he's wanting connection with you. Do you know God wants connection? Your creator wants to connect with you. Your creator wants a relationship with you. Now, I said this online, and those listening on the radio, 90.5, I'm so thankful. We heard from those uh, that were, were listening uh, on the first hour, and we're thankful for those that are listening and, and, and watching this hour. But I will tell you that God wants relationship with you. And if you don't have a relationship with God, the only way that you can connect with God is through Jesus. You can't connect through me. You can't connect through a priest. You can't even connect to God through the Pope but you can connect through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you how. He revealed himself to Abraham, and he revealed himself to Abraham because he was going to bring Jesus, and that was God, the God-sized dream that he gave to Abraham. He said, I have a bigger purpose for your life than what you're doing right now. I have something I want you to see. By the way, I want everyone in here to think, what does God want for my life? What does God want me to do with the goals and aspirations and the resources he's given me? And so here's the series goal as we move forward the next five weeks. We want to identify and pursue God-sized, faith-filled, 
grace-fueled, self-sacrificial dreams. That's a mouthful, but let me say it again. We want to identify and pursue as a church, and I want you to identify and pursue some God-sized, faith-filled, grace-fueled, self-sacrificial dreams. Now, if you're up for that, say amen. All right, I'm ready for this. I cannot wait. I've been waiting, counting down the days, okay? As much as I love James, I'm like, here we go. Now, now you might say, well, pastor, that's your personality. You love to dream. You love, you know, you always have these plans. You always have these things you want to talk about. But I'm not a dreamer. I, I, don't, I, I gave up on, on that, you know, fairy tale lifestyle a long time ago. I don't want to sit around and act like I, you know, I'm going to do these great, awesome things only to be disappointed. Well, you're in for a treat. Because if you're not a dreamer, I want to tell you that we're going to meet someone who, who was not a dreamer. <laughs> he was in the depths of despair, and Abraham met some supernatural resources, and he started living out his God-given dream, but not with natural means, through supernatural means. Now, Satan wants to steal and to kill and to drain your dream. I mean, he wants to derail it. He comes to steal and to kill. But God wants you to have abundant life. And I want you to see the fact that the first thing Satan's going to attack is he's going to attack your dream. He's going to attack your vision. He's going to attack your perspective on life. In fact, here's a key thought in your notes, that if the devil can dilute your dream, he can derail your destiny. By the way, everyone in here has a destiny. Everyone in here, anyone listening on the radio, you might say, I don't think there's hope. I, in fact, the, the world would be better off without me. And I've had people tell me that recently. But I want you to know that God has a destiny for you. God has a purpose for you, and he wants you to live out that purpose. So here's an action item just as we begin. And this isn't something that I would encourage everyone to start doing. Instead of just praying for your world to change, why don't you start praying for the world to change? Why don't you start praying some big dreams that, that we would see some big things happen in our world? How many of you know some big things need to happen in our world? A lot of crazy things happen, but I'll tell you, prayer changes things. We talked about that last week. And if we can start praying some bigger dreams, we will start realizing that we're a, a, a part of something much greater. Now, the reason why I really want you to tell a friend about Abraham, just say, hey, you got to hear about Abraham. Abraham is, is so awesome because, you know, I identify with Abraham. I identify with a guy who wasn't out there trying to dream these big dreams. His, his, his dad was an idol worshiper. Uh, from the land of Ur, which is uh, honestly, uh, it's modern day Baghdad, Iraq. I think we have a, a, a map of it. Okay, so, so Baghdad is where he was living, land of Ur. Uh, that's where we get the bathtubs from, right? Chaldeans, they, they, they invented the bathtubs. It was a wicked place, idolatry, witchcraft, and this was a bad place. And his dad, uh, Tara, man, they, they really uh, messed up that whole family. And Jesus said, man, my dad, my family, we're not church people. We don't really follow God. Well, hey, welcome to the club. Abraham's family was really messed up. They had a lot of things going wrong. And, and, and in, in Genesis 11, uh, we read about uh, how his, his, brothers his brother died you know, early, and uh, Abraham couldn't have a son. His brother had a son. That probably created some conflicts with them. And uh, man, you know, they're, they're coming into this whole situation. No kids in, in a land that doesn't believe God, uh, in a family who doesn't believe God, uh, not where he's supposed to be. 
and, and just kind of in a disappointing situation. You know, if you're in a disappointing situation, God knows where you're at. God has your address. He knows what's going on. And God can give you a God-sized dream regardless of what your circumstances are right now. And so what he told him was, he said, I want you to get to Canaan. But he didn't go to Canaan. Actually, he stopped short of Canaan. He went to Haran. Now, Haran is still there in Turkey today. In fact, here's a picture of, of it in Turkey today. This is kind of where it's at, up in uh, southern Turkey, uh, kind of near Syria, near Damascus there. And uh, it's a very green place, very lush. This is Google Maps. Uh, this is what it looks like even for today. I mean, uh, extremely lush place. Not a, It wouldn't, wouldn't be considered uh, desertous per se, I mean, but it, it, it's great uh, soil for crops and everything. And, and they decided to stop there and and God came to Abraham, and God gave him a dream there in Haran. He tried to give him it in Ur, and now he gave it in Haran. And so there are three truths about a God-sized dream that we see from Abraham's life in the 12th chapter of Genesis. I want you to see this because I think it will really encourage you today and help you to understand how we get and where God-sized dreams come from. Number one, disappointment can lead to God-sized dreams. Disappointment can lead to God-sized dreams. You say, I have a lot of disappointments. There are a lot of things that have happened because of COVID that, is, that have left me disappointed. There are a lot of things that have happened in my life that I wish wouldn't have happened. Why did that have to happen, God? Or why hasn't this happened yet, God? Disappointments. And there was one after another disappointment for Abraham. Verse number one, it says, now the Lord had said unto Abraham, the word Abraham, the name Abraham means exalted father. It means exalted father. It means to be a good dad. And I'm sure that Terah, his dad said, you know, my firstborn, he's going to be a good dad. He, he, he's going to have all the resources. They had money. They, they had a little bit of fame. They had some things going for them. They had lots of crops. They had lots of uh, livestock. They, they, they had a lot of stuff going for them. But the problem is Abraham couldn't become a dad. Abraham could not live up to the label that his dad had given him. Now, I don't know what label you brought in here, but maybe you have a label because of something that's happened in your past. Maybe there's a label because of something that someone else has put on you. Maybe there's a label because something that you feel God hasn't done for you. Maybe there's a label that you've put on yourself. There was a label put on Abraham. He was an exalted father, and he couldn't even be a father. That brought, 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 brings me to the label that Sarah had on him. Uh, on her. Sarah had a label. The label that she had was barren. She was barren. She was, uh, had this label. And you know, many times the labels that we have, they're burdens that we carry in. And the labels we put on ourselves, uh, they're, 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 they're often like clubs. They're like clubs that we use to beat ourselves into submission into a certain area that says, I, everyone expects me to be this way, so I have to beat myself until I am this way. Isn't that a terrible way to live? These labels that they were carrying around, and no doubt uh, they were wondering if they ever would uh, escape the label of barrenness. The word barren means to be infertile. It means it was, it was used in such a derogatory way back then. Such a horrible thing. Man, we prayed and, and asked God to, uh, to open the womb of, of, of parents uh, throughout the years. And I'm telling you, that's a huge burden. That's the burden that Sarah carried. What a, what a heavy burden that was. But God says, I don't want you to carry that label into every area of your life. 
You know, there's a time to throw away the club of labels and just say, hey, I'm not going to leave this label on me anymore. And there's times that we are labeling God with things that never should be labeled on God. Many times we label God as late when he's just still working. Many times we label God as not good because he's allowed something in our lives that were not good. Many times we label God, and really these labels are unbelief. These labels are unbelief because he's still finishing his work. He's still working to all things together for good, as Romans 8.28 says. But all things work together for good in God's good time. You know, there's no timetable in that verse. That God can be working, but we need to allow him time to work. And so most God-sized dreams begin with disappointments. Most God-sized dreams begin with the impossible. Most God-sized dreams begin like in Abraham's life, where it just didn't look like anything was happening. It looked like everything was dismal. Now, I want you to remember that Abraham didn't, didn't know the end of the story. You know the end of the story. You know what happened. Abraham does get a son. And Abraham becomes a great, he leads a great nation. But, but he didn't know that would happen. In fact, when the promise is given, it's not until about 25 or 30 years later that that stuff starts happening. And so there was a long delay. God gave the promise. God gave the dream. But there was a lot of time in between. And so here's a key thought. God does not want your disappointments to leave you feeling beaten. A lot of people say, man, I just feel so beaten down. I don't want to go to church and someone will make me feel worse about myself. <laughs> That's going to be, yeah, I mean, it just made me feel worse. God doesn't want you leaving here feeling beaten. He does want you, though, to leave here feeling broken. See, if we're broken about our labels, if we're broken about the way we feel, if we're broken about the way, if, if we're just humbled and saying, God, please come and do something. See, God normally does his greatest works, not with the best. He does his greatest works through the broken. And God wants we, us to be broken before him. And often our biggest dreams are born out of our biggest dreams disappointments and our, and our greatest brokenness. And so I would encourage you sometime this week, write down some of your biggest disappointments. Some of the things you're like, God, I cannot believe that happened. Man, God, please give me some, some, some encouragement because every time I think of this, it makes me sick. And every time I think of this, it just adds more pressure. And then, and then incur, I would encourage you not just to write down your biggest disappointments, but ask God to direct you to your next step. The worst place you can stay is in your disappointments. Just say, God, how do you want to use this disappointment? Disappointment, how do you want to direct my steps? So number one, disappointments can lead to God-sized dreams. Number two, comfort zones. Comfort zones will delay God-sized dreams. I want, to, I want you to see this because I will tell you that Abraham really decided to, 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 to go the right way, but, but, but he kind of delayed. He, he left the land of her. He left the land of witchcraft. He left the land of idolatry. He left where he was. And that was good. That's commendable. But, but he didn't end where God wanted him to end. I want you to see this in verse number uh, uh, one, the last part of verse number one. He says, God is talking to Abraham. He says, get thee out of thy country. Man, that's kind of rough. That's kind of tough. He says, uh, from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show you. Hey, hey, Abraham, remember when I told you to leave and go to Canaan. See, you landed in your father's comfort zone. You landed where you thought you could be that, that's a little bit outside of where I wanted you to be. So you thought if you left, you'd be good. But you left 
and you didn't end where I wanted you to end. You ended where you wanted, you stopped where you wanted to stop, but I have more in tail for you. And so we need to get out of our comfort zone. And, and, and he says, get out, get out, Abraham. Now I want you to see this. God had spoke to Abraham in verse number one. He had already spoken to him in the land of Ur. Okay, so in verse number one, he says this. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, the Lord isn't coming to him for the first time. He's coming to him, and who knows, for the second, third, fourth time, the Lord had already said to him, get out. <laughs> so the Lord had already told him where to go. The Lord had already said, hey, I want you to go to Canaan. And, and, and he started leaving, but he kind of lingered. Now, I want, I want you to see this in, in just modern day terms so you can get this. God told him to walk from modern day Iraq, okay, Baghdad, which was the land of Ur, all the way, okay, it would have been like a, a two-week walk. You know, that's, that's a long way, okay, about 500 and something miles. So that's, that's a bit of a trip, okay, on, by camel or, you know, with, with all of your family and your herds and everything. Uh, and so he told him to walk to Canaan. He said, I, I, I got some plan for you. I want you to walk to Canaan. But he thought, well, you know, I, I'm sure he thought, you know, that's a long way across the desert. It's a lot of water. I don't know if my cattle will make it. I don't know if I'm, if I'm really going to be able to make it across that divide. That just seems a little too ambitious. That just seems a little too bold and brash. I mean, you want to have faith, but you don't want to be foolish. I mean, come on. And so this is what he did. He said, well, let's just move up the Euphrates River a little bit. So he started walking, and he walked up the river so he could, you know, feed his cattle, and they could kind of have some comfort of the, of the river. And, and, and oh, lo and behold, there's his father's hometown, Haran. Great. Hooray for Haran. He, you know, they got water there. They got crops there. And so I'm sure his dad just said, oh, come on. I mean, I know God told you to go to Canaan. Why don't you just linger here? You say, how do you know that he wanted him to linger here? Do you know what the word Haran means? It means delayed. The word Haran means delayed. I, I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I just want you to know that God is calling you out of the land of delay. He's calling you out of your comfort zone saying, you've been telling me for too long that you're going to dream a big dream. Well, now's the time. Now's the time for you to start dreaming the dream that he gave you when you were 18. Now's the time for him, for you to start trusting God, for you to start stepping out by faith. Now, I want you to know, I love everyone in here. And if you're here for the first time, or if you've been here for a long time. I love you, but I love you too much to keep you in your comfort zones. I'm telling you in this series, I'm excited because I'm going to be pushing some out of the land of Haran, out of the land of delay, and we're going to be dreaming some big dreams as a church today because Abraham stopped short. Do you know why he stopped short? Dads, let me just talk to you for a second. As a dad, he stopped short because someone in his family encouraged him to delay. 
Someone in his family put in his ear, wow, you don't have to be crazy about Jesus. I mean, just go to church and then just check the box. I mean, you'll feel good about yourself. Listen, if, if someone around you is robbing you from what God has put within you, you need to say, hey, if, if, if God is calling me to do it, he will enable me to do it. And oftentimes we leave a bad situation or a bad relationship. And it's like, wow, that's great. You, you, you've left what is bad and you're in a good place, right? You're, you're doing good, but we settle for good because we're afraid to press for God's best. And God is telling you, listen, uh, you, you've made some traction, okay? You're in church. You're, you're, you're doing what's right. You're, okay, that's good, but I have something that's best. So here's a key thought. I want you just to star this. Just circle this. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but I want you to, if it's you, I want you to grab onto this because I would encourage someone today to have the audacity, have the audacity to dream a dream beyond your capacity because God-sized dreams are always way far out beyond your capacity. Man, uh, Canaan was just a little bit further, but it just felt like, man, it felt a long ways away. You know, when you don't have the money, Whatever the bill is, whatever the need is, it might as well be a million dollars. When you don't have it, you don't have it. And that's, I think, the way that Abraham felt. Listen, I can't make it to Canaan. But do you know what's remarkable about the fact that he stayed in Haran for many years? Canaan was just one day away from Haran. It would be the equivalent if, if you started walking right now and you walked to Edwards Air Force Base and you walked just beyond Edwards Air Force Base to Boron, California. How many of you have ever been to Boron, California? Congratulations. You have been to the booming metropolis of Boron, California. That's the exact mileage of what it is from Haran to Canaan. He was one day away. I wonder how many of you are one day away. How many of you are one dream away from God doing something great through your life? How many of you are just one step, one phone call, one moment away from God showing you, man, this is your destiny. This is why I put you on this planet. So don't delay. Don't stop. So here's an action item. Write down what you know God could do through you if resources and strength and ability were not a problem. What is one thing God could do through you if resources weren't a problem? You know resources aren't a problem for God. <laughs> you know that? We're going to be talking about that in this series. But we cannot allow others to cloud our judgment about our dreams. I want to introduce you to someone. You may have read about her in history. She was the first uh, lady to swim the, uh, the English Channel, 21 miles. That's a, that's a pretty big swim. But this is Florence Chadwick. Florence Chadwick was also the first lady uh, to attempt to swim from the coast of California, just uh, beneath Newport Beach, uh, over to Catalina Island. Now, if you've ever been to Catalina Island, that's a little bit of a trip. To swim it, it takes about 16 hours. Well, she'd never done it before. No one had ever done it before. And so she had a couple boats. Her mom was in one of the boats, and she started in 1952 on a, on a, a cold evening. She started swimming. And man, I'll tell you, she swam. She swam for 15 hours. 
Her, her muscles started cramping up. She felt like she was starting to get a fever. She really felt like she was about to, to lose all of her strength. And so she just kept swimming. Finally, she told her mom, she's like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. She got in the boat. And daybreak was starting to come up, but the fog was there. So if any of you have been down in that area, the fog kind of is real thick down there. And that foggy morning, she gave up 15 minutes from Catalina Island. 15 minutes. The reporter said, could you have kept going if you could have seen shore? Oh, she said, no doubt. No doubt I could have kept going. And there's many people who've called me the last couple weeks, and they say, I'm, I'm done. I want to throw in the towel. There's no purpose for me. There's nothing I can do, and I just want to tell you, don't give up. You may see the clouds. You may see everything around you looks dismal, but I will tell you this, that if you keep going, God, God has something right there. God has a person that you can help. God has a plan for you. God has a destiny for you. There's a place for everyone in the kingdom of God, and God wants you to understand that if you don't give up on your God-sized dream, he's not going to give up on you. And so don't allow mediocrity and complacency to kill your vision and drain your dream and derail your God-given destiny. So if you're in a comfort zone, ask yourself, how do I know if I'm in a comfort zone? That's a fair question. How do you know if you're in a comfort zone? Here's the answer. You know if you're in a comfort zone if you feel like nothing needs to change. Because all of us need to change. Man, the moment I stand before you and say, I think I'm doing pretty good. Someone needs to come save. Pastor, on this day, at this hour, you said that if you think nothing, man, we all need to change. We all have something that God needs to do in our life. And so we, we, we need to understand that our disappointments are a God appointment to give us a God-sized dream. It's something impossible that only God can do. But then I want you to know that your, your comfort zone is the battle zone. Your comfort zone is, is, is what's going to delay you from that God-sized dream. And then finally, finally and we're finished, God must be the focus of your God-sized dream. See, the problem with self-help and a lot of the stuff that people say today it's all about like positive mental attitude. And I hear people all the time, man. This is like my, my number one thing I hear in LA County. Well, I'm just manifesting it. I'm, I'm manifesting. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to think it. And it's going to happen. Listen, the law of attraction is not what God's talking about here, right? He's not just saying like, think good thoughts and good things will happen to you. I mean, some of this stuff I read and I'm like, who are these people and how are they actually writing this stuff and people are buying it? We're, we're not talking about you just dreaming the best you. We're talking about God doing his best through you. And, and so this is what I'm talking about because in, 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 in this God-sized dream that God is giving to Abraham, this is what he said. Genesis 12, the last part of verse 1. I'm gonna, I want you to get out because I have a land I'm gonna show you. I will make a, so God's gonna show him. I will, first I will. I will, second I will, make you. So God's saying, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. Wow, this is even getting better. Thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse him that curse thee. And in thee, all families of the earth will be blessed. Now, that sounds like it in includes my family. I think it does. I think it includes your family 
as well. Now, this is a side note. I didn't say this in the first service, and the Holy Spirit was like, I told you to say it. But let me just say this. This promise is still true. Now, who it's talking about is the nation of Israel. Now, you say, well, why did God choose Israel? Because he had to choose someone, and God chose Abraham, and Abraham started the nation of Israel. Now, if we side with Israel, we'll be blessed. I don't think Israel needs the United States. I think the United States needs Israel. This is not a political thing. This is a biblical thing. If we bless Israel as a church, our church will be blessed. I want to do everything I can. In fact, I want to take as many people as I can to the nation of Israel. Uh, not because there's, you know, uh, you know this, this holy feeling that comes over you. No, I, I want to bless the nation of Israel. If I, if I want to do business, I want to do business with, with someone who is a Jew. I'm just being honest with you. I want to bless them. You, you curse Israel, just watch what happens. Look at history. Then you curse Israel, you watch what happens. And so this is a promise that's even true today. But for us, God is giving Abraham this promise, this covenant. And there are five promises in the covenant of Israel. And I want you to claim these as well. He, he promised to give guidance in, practic in his practical will. By the way, God promises to give you guidance in your practical, specific will for, for, for your life. He promises to give greatness in number and in blessings. God wants to bless you more than you want a blessing. And, and, and uh, number three, he promises provision and influence and to help others. He promises protection and favor with others. Wow, that's great. He promises redemption from, the, from one of his descendants. That would be Jesus. And so this word blessing, it means a flow of favor. Listen, I want you and God wants you to have his favor on your life. But we have to ask ourselves, are we just wanting to be great or are we wanting to be made great so that we can praise a great God? There's a difference. I think there's a difference between seeking our own greatness and seeking God to do something with us so that we can have the fame for our own selves. You see, a, a God-sized dream is not a wish list to focus on you. It is a prayer list to focus on bringing glory to God. What does God want you to do so that you can bring more glory to God? See, God always blesses us to be a blessing. And the blessing that was given to Abraham was not just for him, it was for all of us. And the blessing was given through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was a descendant from Abraham. Mary, his mother, uh, was a descendant from Judah, the great-grandson of, of Abraham. We'll, we'll see that in, in a more succinct way in a second. But Jesus was known as the lion and the tribe of Judah. The lion was a picture of royalty. The lion was a picture of strength. The lion was a picture of the chosen one. Jesus was the chosen one, and in him, all families would be blessed. How are all families blessed in Jesus? That's a fair question. Well, Jesus is the greatest gift ever given. Uh, Paul said he's the unspeakable gift. And Jesus is the greatest gift because Jesus gives what no one else gives. Jesus gives forgiveness of sin and access to eternal life. Jesus is the only way to have a relationship with God. Now, if you're watching uh, online or you're listening on the radio or maybe you're here with us today and, and maybe you're sitting out in the parking lot and you don't know that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, let me tell you, the greatest blessing that will ever happen is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
And if you've never received him, man, let me just tell you that your biggest problem is your sin problem. But here's a key thought, and I want you to say it with me, that God is greater than our greatest problem. Make it personal. Say my greatest problem. Ready? God is greater than my greatest problem. And your greatest problem, if you have never received Christ as your Savior, is your sin problem. And so here's an action item. I would encourage you to write down your greatest problem, your greatest pressure, your, 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 the greatest thing, the greatest obstacle in your life right now. And then right next to it, I want you to write, God is so much bigger. God is so much bigger than my greatest problem. Now, the reason we don't dream, the reason we don't accept Jesus for our salvation and forgiveness because many times we're too busy trying to be our own savior. We're too busy trying to do it all on our own. Many times we're too tired to dream. We're too tired to dream because we are carrying around what only Jesus meant to carry. Only Jesus meant to carry your sins, your guilt, your shame. Only Jesus is the one who can carry that burden that you came in with today. Cast your burdens at the cross. I saw a picture this week. I thought you would enjoy it. It's a picture of a little girl trying to carry a brass cross that's on a statue. She didn't know that this wasn't a person. She didn't know that this cross wasn't her to carry. Listen, if you're trying to carry the weight of your sins, don't. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. Friends, if you've never received the, the forgiveness of sins. Receive it today. All it takes is one moment of turning from your sin and turning to Jesus. Friends, if you know Jesus as your Savior, here's the takeaway. God-sized dreams are always greater than our strength and resources. They're always greater than our strength and resources. But the first few steps, and Abraham learned this, the first few steps are always just small enough to take. Abraham didn't know everything that was going to happen in the land of Canaan, but God says, just get there. Just take those first few steps. If you don't know Jesus, your first step is to receive him today. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.